everybody, it is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020, and you're listening to a quick hit episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eslake, and I'm here to talk to you mostly just about car news today. I wanted to expand a bit on what we talked about in the previous episode, which is the new Hyundai Tucson, which bowed, what was that, Monday night? Uh, And then the new Nissan, the new Z Proto, Proto Z, uh, that got announced last night. Picking things up early on, uh, the Hyundai Tucson, we mentioned uh, uh, the debut was literally happening as I had recorded the episode, and more or less it's exactly what we thought it would be. Uh, The Tucson is one of the best-selling vehicles for Hyundai globally, and they've invested a ton of time, money, and energy into making this not only a vehicle that's going to continue to be a strong seller for them, but also specifically target uh, millennials in a way that... I don't know if we've seen too many car companies do quite yet. Uh, the new design uh, features of the car, I think, are really the big selling point. Uh, Hyundai is really talking up their game about the new design language that they're using, where each car gets its own unique identity, uh, both inside and out, which I assume really increases the costs in terms of manufacturing these things, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be a backslide uh, on pricing to the final customer. Uh, Design-wise, this is taking some elements that we've seen in the new Elantra with the hard creases down the uh, passenger doors, uh, really aggressive lines on the back of the car, but the front of the vehicle features this really interesting V-shaped waterfall daytime running light situation that I guess it integrates directly into the grill. So if the car's sitting parked and it has its lights turned off, Uh, You're not able to see the individual light fixtures. I think there's four down each side, and then the top one is a much larger daytime running light that you'd normally expect to see on most regular cars, and then lower on the front of the vehicle, integrated into the bumper, the actual headlights, like a lot of things that we've been seeing lately, not just from Hyundai, but from a lot of other vehicles. Uh, But the Tucson itself, you know, exterior design-wise, it's very French, it's very edgy, Um, It's really, you know, I think asking a question that nobody else seems to want to ask, which is how how do you integrate style into this segment that is growing at an exponential rate, but is also boring as hell. And Hyundai really seems to go, well, fuck it. We're going to do something cool, and if people latch on, that's great. And if not, we can always fix it in the second update for the car. So... Yeah, uh, interior-wise, it's the same kind of thing. It really seems like they're learning a lot, not only from Tesla, but also from themselves with cars like the Nexo. Uh, It's a clean, open, airy cabin. It's using the uh, ventless air circulation system like what Tesla has in the Model 3 and the Model Y. And it sounds like it's standard on every trim level of the crossover going forward. So uh, really, it's, it's really just so crazy that Hyundai is going to be able to get away with this uh, going forward in the next couple of years. Uh, Powertrain-wise, it doesn't sound like things are going to be changing too much here in the United States. So the base trim engine looks like it's going to be that 2.4 liter that's been hanging around for a while. I think it makes around 180 horsepower or so. And then there's going to be an optional 1.6 liter turbo, just like the current car, uh, that'll make a little over 200. 
Hyundai is also saying they're going to be doing an N-line version of the car with an undisclosed powertrain. And then it sounds like there might also be a full N version of the Tucson in another year or so. The big question is, what does an N-line become? If this is already going to have a nearly 200 horsepower turbocharged engine there, how much further do you go past it? Are you jumping into the two-liter turbo from the Santa Fe? Are you getting into the big two-and-a-half-liter turbo from the Sonata that's eventually going to go on almost everything? It really seems tough to tell, but, you know, one person posited on Twitter earlier today, and I'm completely forgetting who it was, uh, that it could have a plug-in hybrid system matched to that 1.6-liter turbo, kind of similar to what Toyota's done with the Prius Prime. Uh, in that kind of situation, having a very green, very fast car could be an interesting choice in a continually growing and evolving segment. So the other big thing about this that's kind of strange is that there's going to be two different lengths of the Tucson sold worldwide. Uh, here in North America, excluding Mexico, uh, it's going to be the long wheelbase version. In most of Europe, it is going to be a short wheelbase version. Uh, and then it's kind of mismatched around the world with different markets on who will get what. Uh, again, it's an interesting thing from Hyundai, and it definitely seems to show that they expect to make a lot of money off this vehicle by giving it so many different trims, powertrains, and configurations. It sounds like they're going to be rolling out a lot more green technology into the vehicle in the next few years, including uh, just general mild hybrid powertrains, uh, plug-in hybrid powertrains, and it sounds like a generic hybrid powertrain. And then eventually, maybe, possibly, some kind of EV version uh, later on down the line. So... We'll keep our eyes on it. Uh, it sounds like the first of the Tucsons will be delivered in Korea pretty close to the end of the year this year, and then we'll probably start seeing uh, the first of the Tucsons coming to the U.S. Uh, Q1 2021. So, Hyundai news out of the way. We'll talk for a moment about Nissan. Nissan, uh, they had a show. That's a good way to put it. Uh, talking about the new Z car. Uh, it's the Z Proto concept is what they're calling it. Uh, more or less, they're saying that the Z's back. They're going to be investing in this brand. They're going to be giving it more attention. They want to capture, uh, you know, a sporty flavor of customer once again. And this vehicle you know, really seems to fit the bill. Uh, Silhouette-wise, it is very similar to the original Z car from the 70s. Uh, it's got that long, pointed hood, like the ZG uh, prototype. I don't really, I don't know if it was a prototype or an actual road car. I have to admit, I'm not super deep into Z car lore. Uh, nevertheless, you know, it really looks like the original. They did a very good job on the exterior design, uh, but they showed it in this lime green paint shade that really hit a lot of body lines, and people are now, of course, catching up and doing different kinds of Photoshops to give it a little bit more shape with different colors. And it's kind of frustrating that Nissan didn't really go super in-depth uh, with a good color choice to show things off because it truly is a really good-looking car. 
Going into the interior, you know, there's a lot of retro flavors, lots of binnacles, lots of switches, uh, other things like that. Uh, it's got some weird carryover elements from the outgoing 350Z and 370Z that some people aren't fans of, but I think for most folks, it's gonna be good enough. The big question is, with the Z car, are we getting an all new chassis or is it gonna be based on the outgoing uh, FM platform? Uh, the FM platform's been rolling on since 2002. It's still used under the GTR, it's still used under the G35 or whatever the hell they're calling it, the Q60, whatever it is, I don't know. But, you know, it's been around a long time and it's had some evolutions and, you know, again, you know, new tires, new brakes, new suspension bits can improve it, but, how much further past that can you get without an all-new chassis that's significantly lighter and significantly stiffer? Um, it's really going to hamper performance, but again, Nissan's point seems to be that they want to make an affordable, high-performance car that's, you know, approachable to the greatest number of people. And, you know, doing that, I think, with this is going to be not exactly the easiest thing in the world. Powertrain-wise, they didn't really talk about a whole lot. They just said it's got a twin-turbo V6. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking it's going to be the twin-turbo V6 from the uh, Q60 400 Red Sport, yada yada. It's, it's a long name that I can't easily commit to memory. But, uh, you know, that 3-liter is good enough. It obviously pushes out about 400 horsepower. But I think my big concern there is... That kind of an engine coming out of a luxury car is really going to drive prices up. And, you know, it's important to remember that when the Z, 350Z, first came out in 2002, you could pick one up for less than $30,000. I think they started right around $27K. Uh, these days, in 2020, 12 years later, or sorry, 18 years later, holy cow. That's crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, you can buy the car for still right around 30 grand. And... You know, you keep light on the options, you stick to, you know, what your goal is. If you want a more luxurious thing, obviously a lot more. If you want a much more sporty thing, keep out of the options and you can get a pretty good deal. But uh, with this new car, you know, it's tough to tell who their customer is. And that was really the thing that I think hung over this event uh, was that, you know, there really didn't seem to be a clear direction in the way that they wanted to talk about this Z-Proto uh, concept and, you know, kick things off with just the most awkward presentation full of technical errors. Didn't really seem to be written in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it just didn't merge well. And then they come wheeling out Adam Carolla, who... You know, I think at one point in time, a lot of car guys respected him because he does have, you know, admittedly, pretty good taste in cars. And he seems to be a driver. He does race his Datsuns and, you know, 240Zs and 280Zs himself. And, you know, that's commendable in many different ways. But uh, professional politics-wise, uh, Adam Carolla is a fucking asshole. And it really seems to be an interesting play on behalf of Nissan to go, you know, we're going to ignore the past couple of months worth of shitty tweets and bad book tours with, uh, you know, these right-wing crazy people and go, yeah, you know, that's totally fine. We're going to roll out this sports car that's supposed to appeal to a wide number of individuals and we're going to hang it on this guy. 
and it just it just seemed just so gross and really not thought through and you know Nissan's not a company that can afford to make big gambles and what I would largely consider to be a mistake like this. Uh, Nissan needs to make sure that they are you know doing some safe choices and no a sports car is not a safe choice but what I mean is not using such a controversial figure uh, to help introduce the car. Uh, God that was just such a mess. So uh, going forward, <clears throat> the big question is, when's Nissan going to pull the trigger on making this a reality? And what kind of things can we expect when it actually hits the streets? It does sound like they're committed to that 3-liter twin-turbo V6. Um, that will probably be the top trim engine. Uh, it sounds like Nissan is very much targeting the Supra with this new car. And, you know, obviously Supra has a twin-turbo straight-six. Makes perfect amount of sense. Uh, I think a lot of people, like me, go... What about a cheap one? Can we do a cheap Z car like what it was originally meant to be? And it really then becomes a question of, hey, Nissan, do you even have an affordable turbocharged four-cylinder engine uh, to put in this thing? And kind of, I think is the best answer you can get there. Uh, Nissan has the variable compression turbocharged engine, which I think is what, a two liter turbo? Uh, that one is also in the Q60, and I think it's in their crossover thing, whatever that was, the, the EX35 replacement type thing. Uh, and then it's also in the Nissan Altima. And that engine has really only been matched to CVTs and uh, what is it, seven, eight speed automatics. Uh, has not been matched to a manual, has not been matched to all-wheel drive. Uh, so, you know, can this thing handle being matched to a stick and a base trim car? Toyota has said, eh, that doesn't really matter. People are going to buy automatics anyway. Nobody's getting a stick. Nissan seems to be pretty solid on wanting to stick to a manual transmission and... You know, I, I don't know. I just don't know if the engineering is there. I don't know if the parts are there for them to be able to make that kind of a choice. And that is what kind of, I don't know, has me hemming and hawing about the car. I mean, on the one hand, it is a design masterpiece and it does look like it is nearly production ready and the concept that they've shown off, but the engineering has too many questions. Uh, Nissan still has a fairly questionable track record when it comes to delivering uh, solidly done cars overall. But that being said, you know, the last bundle of things that they've done have been very, very good. You look at the uh, Versa, the Sentra, and the Altima, they've all been great. And you look at the new Rogue that's going to be coming very soon, that thing is also pretty darn good. So I think in the end, it really kind of comes down to where your expectations are at. If you're a big Z car fan, I could definitely see you being disappointed by this. Uh, if you're someone who's rooting against Toyota, I could see you being very excited by this. Uh, but as somebody who is generally a Toyota stan, uh, I think this is the last thing to really, I don't know, jumpstart my heart in any way. It just doesn't seem to have the the chutzpah, the gusto, uh, the thing that it needs. And, it, you know, 
The only thing I can really can kind of compare this to recently is the, you know, the ongoing announcements that have coming out of Sony and Microsoft with their uh, PlayStation and Xbox consoles, where it just seems like it's being dragged on and on and on, and then they finally got to technical specs as a separate announcement, and then they finally got to pricing as a separate announcement, and, you know, it just took so long. And if Nissan does the same thing with this car, it's going to be a massive disappointment. So I'm sure we'll find out a lot more as things continue to change, but until then, it's going to be a while. And, you know, that's just all we're going to be able to do is just wait. So uh, with all that in mind, guys, uh, if any more news happens in the next 24 to 48 hours, I'll be sure to let you know. You can follow along with me on Twitter at twitter.com slash YSSMAN. And you can follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash salvage title. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the part where we close it out. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. And we will see you on the next episode of the Salvage Title Podcast.